1: Dr. Ishmael Aka has tied a sound business environment to building competitive indigenous firms in the oil and gas sector. He has therefore called for a deliberate program to reduce the high cost of doing business at the Petroleum Commission's local content conference, which is in its last day.
2: In order to meet these goals, there are still challenges even for Ghanaian companies. So high cost of doing business. You take power, for instance, electricity. The average electricity tariff for manufacturing sector in Ghana is around 16 cents per kilowatt hour. The average for Chinese manufacturing firm is 4 cents. The average for a Nigerian manufacturing firm is 5 cents. So it is quite expensive to do business in Ghana. What it means is that we may not be competitive in terms of cost.
1: Local Contents Director of the Energy Commission, Dr. Ishmal Aka, also Chief Executive of the National Petroleum Authority, Hassan Tampoli, says they are working to establish a specialised office to deal with theft in the oil marketing industry. The move is expected to help minimise revenue losses. Speaking at this year's Africa Refiners and Distributors Association's conference on petroleum, Mr. Tampoli said that industry needs to be purged from recalcitrant, recalcitrant elements.
3: And these structural service providers who can do advantage of tax waivers on Petroleum Product meant for the sold the product on the local market instead of exporting. Only two weeks ago, Cabinet chaired by His Excellency
4: President Nana Adedankwa Apopwa gave a fiat to the Attorney General
3: of the Republic for the National Petroleum Authority to prosecute cases associated with the downstream Petroleum Industry regarding
1: those disobedience will refuse to comply. Chief Executive of the National Petroleum Authority, Hassan Tampoli, is still listening to the Joy Business Report. Now, are Ghanaian startups and entrepreneurs losing their peers from other African countries? Well, this is a concern that has come up after it emerged that no Ghanaian firm made it to the Africa Business Heroes Show organized by the foundation owned by founder of Tech. Platform giant Alibaba, Jack Ma. I have been exploring what techpreneurs could be doing wrong in today's edition of our business journal. With consumer preference widening and market shares expanding, many African economies, including Ghana, are leapfrogging to a new age of digitization. With just a click of a button, business deals are made and new markets forged. One group of like-minds venturing deep into this digital space are techpreneurs. Here at the Code Lab, an e-commerce avenue for techpreneurs, I've come to meet Henry Intiako Ayukobla, founder of Ahenepa an e-commerce platform for garment producers to sell domestically and internationally. Much of the people might tell you that um, issues are with regards to funding, but I think that it goes way beyond funding, um, because funding basically comes in to just give you money to do to certain things, but the basic things is ideas. Here to get in touch with one such techpreneur from Kenya, who is doing really great. This is in the person of Teddy Warrior. He's going to be helping me understand the secrets, that Kenyan secrets to the entire development. Hello, Teddy
3: thing, uh, Kenya is actually a very enterprising nation Uh, the second thing is that uh, we don't hesitate because we believe if we hesitate we'll be checkmated and uh, the third thing that Kenyans do uh, very well is that they start small and then they build something to become big young entrepreneurs, the older generation are not very keen to invest especially in technology companies
1: as disturbing as this may sound questions like what Ghana could have done wrong still linger on It could be that many Ghanaian entrepreneurs are not being innovative and not joining forces to become a strong brand. Here's Chinese business magnate and founder of Alibaba e-commerce platform, Jack Ma.
5: I just found there are so many, every country I go there, there are so many great
6: entrepreneurs, but they're not connected. They're not connected. There's no, like, entrepreneur association or club or, or, you know, hubs.
1: With government being bent on improving the cost of doing business, one major challenge has been the issue of taxation, especially with online entrepreneurs. Vice President of the Alibaba Group, Brian A. one fears this trend mostly leaves entrepreneurs less lucrative. That, uh, what was happening in taxation uh, sometimes can become a deterrent to uh, new businesses and new ventures. So I think that it's really being uh, knowledgeable in terms of when to tax these businesses, give them some uh, experimental space so that they can grow the business to a certain size, certain scale, and then think about how do you try and um, generate tax revenue from that.
4: And the first to place,
0: Tammy Dua. Even though
1: Nigerian medical distribution startup LifeBank-owned by Temi-Giwa 2% emerged winner with a prize of $250,000 at the just-ended Africa Business Heroes Awards, there are lessons to be learned on the best ways to make Ghana's entrepreneurs highly competitive. Well, and that's how we end this edition of the Joy Business Report with me, Charles I. Coming up next is The Locker Room with George Ado Jr. Do stay.
3: Charlie? Bossman, I'm at the bank. Oh. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank or my phone, Charlie? Oh, wow. EcoBank, bro. With EcoBank mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amaz school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. Wow. Masa, just download the EcoBank mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees to check account Statements
7: send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. EcoBank mobile app has got it covered. EcoBank mobile making everyday people live everyday lives the EcoBank way. EcoBank, the Pan African Bank.
8: For all your sports news, in the locker room.
1: Hello, I'm Sarah Mulcurns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the Sporting Weekend, listen to George Ado Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
9: Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Ado
10: Jr. The anticipation ahead of the resumption of club football this weekend following the two-week break has been heightened and very much so after the readmission of English Premier League's most loved and most hated manager.
4: I won eight titles. I am the only manager in the world that won Italy, Spain and England. And by winning eight titles, not small titles, not small countries, eight proper titles, I think and I say you disagree you disagree. Do you know that what was the result?
8: 3-0.
4: 3-0. Do you know what this means? 3-0. But also mean three premierships and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them.
6: Respect. Respect. Respect, man. Respect. Respect,
10: Jose Mourinho answers the fray. And this is seen by many as an extraordinary move coming just months after Pochettino took Spurs to their first Champions League final against Liverpool in Madrid. With hindsight, Tottenham's 2-0 defeat was the beginning of the end for Pochettino as it feels what was broken that night never got fixed. So we ask, can Jose Mourinho answer the questions at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Big debate ahead. Spurs are up against West Ham in Jose's first game in charge. But the weekend's headliners: the meeting of Lampard's experimental setup and Pep's established
0: order. Bernardo Silva's ball across takes a deflection, and it's in.
3: Sterling arrives,
1: right-footed, to plant it into the back of the Chelsea net. One-nil
0: to the champion. Aguero, who takes it on and shoots from distance. Oh my goodness! What a goal from Sergio Aguero! What a shot! Goals well, nodded back by
3: Barkley, straight into the path of Aguero scores! What an
1: awful error!
0: He finds Aguero inside the box the challenge comes in and then the shot is driven in from the edge of the penalty area to make it 4-0 4-0 less than 25 minutes on the clock 5-0 to the champions. David Silva who picks out Zinchenko whose ball across is turned in by Sterling, 6-0 now and Sterling scores his second goal of the match Ended
10: 6-0 last season. Manchester City and Chelsea meet at the Tehat Stadium on Saturday with a lot on this as Pep attempts to bounce back from defeat. Manchester United are up against Sheffield United. Crystal Palace test Liverpool. Arsenal host Southampton. We have a full preview of all games of the EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, French Liga and Serie A to come. We are in Cairo as the Black Mets will seek the final qualifying slot to next year's Olympic Games. In one of the concluding matches at the ongoing cap under 23 nations cap the black Betches are up against South Africa in every class in minutes and Egypt play ivory Coast for the 2019 crown. Also coming up. and heavyweight world champion Deontay Wilder defends his WBC belt in a highly anticipated title rematch against Cuban contender Luis Ortiz on Saturday at the MGM Grand Guarding Arena in Las Vegas. We have a special preview. Head to our Facebook page joy/907. if you haven't had a look at a question of the day yet, you can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0244-340-437 or tweet at us at joysportsgh.com we are in Madrid for updates from the ongoing Davis Cup World Cup final and in China to preview the UCL Track Cycling World Cup. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addo Jr. and welcome to Preview Friday.
6: Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
10: So, send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0244 340437. Good, good, good welcome again to the locker room. And yes, we're asking you guys, what do you think of Jose Moreno's job at Tottenham Hotspur? Would he succeed? Would he fail? Would he fall out? Would he have the problems that he had before? Or this is going to be a true new beginning, like he said. But of course, we have to start with the Black Ventures who've got an assignment later this afternoon.
6: Their rivals there. His uh,
1: an opening goal for the Ivory Coast, and has scored. Ghana fell asleep somewhat after that cross. Uh, this is a real chance for Ghana to get back into it, and that's exactly what they've done with Yabaah against the run of play. That one's a decent one. It's a real chance, and it's a winner. It's Tao again. Still She's gone all the way. Is that a? Coffee
6: cow. Oh,
1: that's a good finish. My word. Ghana The saved. Ivory Coast have won it. Owusu is fixed.
5: And proof, as he said that, and um, the African teams are now getting better. It's very unfortunately that we lost, but I think we still have one chance to um, qualify. We are going to do our best, and then wait for the outcome of Egypt and South Africa, and then see uh, what we we'll do to the next match.
10: All right, so let's talk about the last chance for the Black Matches. Then they're up against their South African counterparts in minutes at the current international stadium. And yes, it's the final chance to seal qualification to next year's Olympics in Tokyo. Now that Metchers could have secured a spot at the tournament if they managed to beat Ivory Coast, yes, in Tuesday semi-final, but they suffered a 3-2 loss on penalties after the match ended 2-2 after extra time. So this is the golden opportunity. Can they take it? Coach Ibrahim Tanko and his boys must now look to beat South Africa, and they know they've got the job to do. The game is up. Uh, yes, in a few minutes 2 p.m to be precise joining me in studio for some analysis my colleague Benedict Awusu has been following this team and ben thank you very much for your time this afternoon yeah, thanks for having me george yeah you're good but ben I, I, it should be mentally draining at this point for fans who have been following the matches so far it's always hard work just hard work to see through any results sometimes just too much work i think they always
5: want to do it the hard way and that's one thing uh, we've come to know about this team Uh, they they don't like to do it uh, the way where you all be happy with they will put you through uh, the worst and then will make it you know very exciting for you like how we saw in our last game very you know in the dying minutes of the game they had to equalize and then push through to penalties and you know when it comes to penalties it's something that the last time i mentioned that it's it's not it's not just about players but it's become a national problem uh, that anytime it gets to penalties even the fans the fans normally will give up even the players themselves will go (laughs) and because yeah that that has become the norm anytime we get penalties oh as for penalties yeah you know we are not going to win. So we we, we even give up before they, the players <laughs> themselves. So that, that has been a problem. But I think that, I mean, doing it the hard way hasn't helped the team. Yeah. Uh, unlike previously, when we've been to tournaments, we've got a chance to, you know, make it. This time, and this is the very first time we're actually playing in this very competition. Hmm. And by now, you should have, uh, one would have thought or expected this team to have good qualification. And I mentioned the last time that, you know what, if we're able to make it, if we're able to make it to the semi-finals, we should try and get to the Qualified. finals because you get to the finals automatic qualification now you're going to struggle with another team and how is that going to be because that team also because mind you the south African team they are very used to making
10: Olympic yes. qualification. and in this manner the last time they Senegal, sending out the whole, st- yes. whole stations yeah. they are very used
5: to making mm. olympic qualification but for us it's been how many years the 15 last eighteen years, years yeah. we've not been there mm. so you are playing against a team that is used to doing it you understand and you are trying for the very first time in the last 15 years so it makes it quite difficult I don't know
10: uh, how we can look at this because you've been watching the South Africans so far I thought their movements were pretty, pretty swift. Uh, even A very, very very
5: good side. Remember, I I, I mentioned before the start of this tournament that this is a team that, you know, most of the players are in South Africa. So, normally, it it, it becomes easier to assemble the players to train, unlike most of our players. And we even went to this tournament without as many as seven players that played the qualifiers. You know, we had to bring a whole new set. Uh, The likes of Evans Mensa and all the other guys were not, you know, in this very team until until the other players like... uh, uh, Majid Shimeru Osman Bukai all of them couldn't make it and then we had to draft all these boys in I mean they play a compact football they had issues uh, with most of the clubs not releasing the players but they've been able to sort that and until their last game that they conceded they had not conceded a goal in this tournament yeah. in the group stages if you remember they played three games out of the three games they won one and drawn two the two that they drew they didn't concede any goal and won their last game by a goal you know. So what he tells you is that this is a side that is able to hold and, you know, become... The one, one, one positive thing that I see about our team going into this game is, you know, normally our first half isn't good. Hmm. Yeah, Coach Stanko, many credit him for it, a very wonderful good second, second half. Half, not the first and half You look at the South Africans, in the first half, they will be able to hold you. Normally in the second half, a bit victory in terms of their play. And that's one thing that if you're able to capitalize on, we will get them uh, to fall but if not uh, it will be difficult and uh, I, well yeah. the last one I predicted we were going to lose so <laughs> this one I don't want to predict you, I you, just yeah. want to leave it that way but it's a big one to see if they get over the line they but, could but I really be want to make it. I really, I really uh. want us to make it penalty shootouts let's forget because as I mentioned <laughs> even the fans will make it difficult for the players
10: so let's forget if we want to win this game it should be in regulation time well, thank you very much, Benedict, for joining me on the show. We we'll look forward to what the Black Matches will do. We've got updates for you on my joy online. You need to check out that the Black Stars are up against the Amagla of South Africa in that all-important game. So let's see how it goes. Remember. Uh, the Ivory Coast and Egypt have already qualified, so it's just the final slot, and Ghana or South Africa will look to pick it. We're still here on the locker room. Remember, we're actually get the question: Do you think Joseph Mourinho will succeed or not? We've got a heated debate coming up. Uh, two gentlemen who have been who've been away for some time are back here. It'll be good to hear from them before we get into that debate. But there's more coming up
6: on the show. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Ado Junior.
0: Ortiz and in the process
10: breaks a little bit of history here it's the 39th knockout for him in his 40th fight
0: no other heavyweight has done that he went in there against a proven boxer puncher in Luis Ortiz the one man of the division nobody seemed to want to face he took
7: Ortiz and then at the end of this story to knock him out the
10: boogeyman of the division it was amazing for me okay. Era su, era su era su Boxer next on the locker room and heavyweight titleist Deontay Wilder and Luis King Kong Autis are expected to put up one of the best fights of 2018. Their dramatic, hard hitting affair with ebbs and flows to a violent conclusion this Saturday. Fighting at the Buckley Center, Brooklyn, New York, Wilder knocked down the Cuban Southpaw Autis with a right hand in the fifth round, then survived the heavy damage in the seventh round. But Artis nearly knocked him out. Ortiz has won three fights in a row since knockout victories over Rasvan Kojanu, Travis Kaufman, and a decision win over Christian Hammer. And definitely was promised a rematch by the mutual advisor, Al Hamon. So let's get in on what to expect on Saturday at the MGM Grand Guarding Arena in Las Vegas with match at stake. Joining me is a BBC senior boxing reporter, Adia De Doin with some perspective. Thanks, Adé, for your time. And we're certainly approaching a big boxing season at the end of the year. Anthony Joshua and the Ruiz in some weeks. But now, though, these two. How big is this rematch? I think this
7: rematch is a very big deal for several reasons. Uh, One, the first fight was so epic. And Luis Ortiz knows that he was just a few good punches away from causing what would have been a massive upset. I was ringside that night for the BBC at the Barclays Center, and my jaw nearly hit the ground when Ortiz had Deontay Wilder in trouble. I mean, he really just bashed him from pillar to post, and I just kept thinking, any minute now, Deontay Wilder's back is going to hit the canvas. That's how much trouble he was in, but he showed what a tough character he is, uh, did Deontay Wilder, because he weathered the storm, he gathered himself, came back and scored a spectacular knockout win, and he showed in that fight just what a tough character he is, so Luis Ortiz will know that he blew an opportunity then to become the heavyweight champion of the world, the first Cuban uh, to do so. So he'll be hoping to make amends for Deontay Wilder, Well, he will be hoping to put on a more emphatic win than he did last time. He won't want to take the same sort of risk that he did in allowing Luis Ortiz to get close to him and have him in that much trouble. And, you know, the bigger picture is that Deontay Wilder has signed this pre-contract agreement to face Tyson Fury in February next year. So if he was to lose this fight it puts that bout against Sassan Fury next year in jeopardy. So that's why this is such a big fight.
10: Well, Adi, how big a risk is this bout for Deontay Wilder, knowing he was quite some discomfort in that first bout?
7: Well, it's a big risk because he knows that Luis Ortiz has the power to hurt him. And as I say, he's got eyes on a bigger prize, and that is to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world to face Tyson Fury next year in February and then possibly face the winner of Anthony Joshua against Andy Ruiz maybe later on in the year. Now, every time that Wilder steps in the ring, he's taken a gamble because it's not just his heavyweight title, the WBC belts, but it's also the prospect of those big fights further down the line. So from that point of view, you know, it's a, a really big risk for him. And remember, Luis Ortiz is not his mandatory challenger. He doesn't have to fight him. You know, he just wants to do so. And that shows you the kind of character that Deontay Wilder is. He is a man who believes he is the baddest heavyweight on the planet. And, you know, he wants to prove that in the next year or so.
10: So are they what does Ortiz need to do differently in this rematch?
7: I think Ortiz needs to maybe start a little bit quicker because the first few rounds in that fight, in their first fight, was a bit of a chess match. But what he also showed, I thought, in those first few rounds is that he's a better technical fighter than Deontay Wilder. Remember, Luis Ortiz is Cuban. They come from a very... Cuban fighters have a very good uh, amateur background. There's a very good uh, system they have in Cuba which trains the fighters in the solid fundamentals of boxing.
8: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly.
7: So from that point of view, um, you know he caused a few problems for Deontay Wilder in the, in, the, in the opening few rounds because he wasn't allowing Wilder to get close to him. And when he hurt Wilder, he then gambled, which I think was his mistake because he threw caution to the wind. He stood there and exchanged punches with Wilder. And you can't do that with someone who punches as hard as Deontay Wilder. So I think Luis Ortiz just needs to start a little bit quicker and also needs to be prepared to take the fines into the later rounds just because it would be too much of a gamble to try and knock Deontay Wilder out because you can get nailed but what you could potentially try to do is outboxing the question is however for Ortiz he's 40 years old now he's a few years older than the first Sunday fought father time tends to catch up with fighters you get a bit slower as you get a bit older it's whether he has the stamina to go the 12 rounds against such a fearsome puncher as Deontay Wilder. But, you know, he didn't do a lot wrong that night at Luis Ortiz. The big mistake he made was he went for the finish when he hurt Wilder, but left himself open in doing so. He just needs to fight a little bit tighter. And if he has Deontay Wilder in trouble, just approach it a little bit more cautiously than he did the first time.
10: Well, we'll see how that goes. Ade, let's talk about the consequences then of this fight. What happens to the loser and how big a launching part will this be for the winner? So in terms
7: of the consequence for the fight, if Deontay Wilder wins, then it sets up this matchup against uh, Tyson Fury next year, possibly in the United States. Again, I was in Los Angeles for their first fight and it was fantastic. It was a brilliant week and it turned out to be a brilliant fight as well. And this will be one of the most eagerly anticipated fights if he fights um, uh, Tyson Fury again. There's also the possibility, as I said a few moments ago, of him uh, potentially facing the winner of uh, Andy Ruiz and uh, uh, Anthony Joshua later on in the year. So that's what's at stake for Deontay Wilder. That's what he would be hoping that this fight does, that it sets up that those contests in the future. Uh, I suspect that he has a rematch clause in the contract against Ortiz. So if he were to lose, I'm sure... There will be a, a contr- in the contract. It will stipulate that Ortiz has to fight him again. Uh, so at least he has a bit of a safety net in that respect. As for Luis Ortiz, well, if he wins, he creates history, becomes the first Cuban to win the heavyweight title. Uh, if there is no rematch clause, then essentially he's a free agent. He can go on and fight uh, Fury if he wants. He can go on and fight Anthony Joshua or Andy Ruiz if he if he wins. So uh, there's a big incentive for both men, but. Deontay Wilder is a man who has an incredible amount of self-belief. He's a man who has incredible punching power. I've interviewed him numerous times over the last few years. As far as he's concerned, he is the baddest man on the planet. He is the best heavyweight in the world. And he wants to prove that over this next 12 months. So that's what his motivation is. Beat Ruiz, knock him out fight at Tyson Fury early next year win that one and then hopefully have a unification fight against either Anthony Joshua if he beats Ruiz or maybe Ruiz if he um, causes another upset against Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia but it's all as you say uh, set up for a really good 12 months of boxing
10: so we look forward to the action to come uh, from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas thanks today for your time on the show Uh, we'll see what happens then
6: Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with
10: George Allo Jr. Big box and Bound to campus weekend. And we'll be keeping our taps on that. Remember that your comments are invited then on our Facebook page, seven. As well, you can send us your tweets at joy.sports.gh, that's our handle. And you can send us your messages on a WhatsApp line, 244 Do you think Jose Moreno can get this job? And um, can he do it? Can he be successful at Tottenham Hotspur? Can he win? Can he try and right the wrongs of the past? All of that, therefore, you will get to all of it but now we have to get into the joy sports bbc two-way series i had a great chat with the bbc's john bennett i think the expectations are certainly heightened looking into uh the weekend and the games to come because jose is back yes jose is back and of course we've got that big discussion to come later on now though let's enjoy what we've got on the joy sports bbc two-way series time this weekend, John, and surely their heightened expectations ahead of the weekend's round of matches after the appointment of Josie as first coach. Chelsea's talk to camp shortly. But first, what was the backstory behind Pochettino's sacking?
6: Yeah, I think that the Champions League final hid a lot of problems that have been going on at Tottenham, certainly in 2019, when you think they haven't won an away Premier League game since January. Their form has been poor down in 14th place at the moment in the Premier League, a long way to go in the season, but that still is very concerning. So the results have been poor domestically, and I think the atmosphere was poor behind the scenes. All the reports are that things had really broken down in in the relationship between the players and Maurizio Pochettino, and possibly also the relationship between Daniel Levy and Maurizio Pochettino. Certainly, I I think that is a lot to do with squad building or the lack of squad building. There was players that should have left the club that didn't leave and there were players that should have been brought in that didn't come in and Maurizio Pochettino wasn't able to change the squad and I think that maybe he's a bit tired after five and a half years and maybe the players are a bit tired of his management after five and a half years. Take nothing away from the job he has done. Everyone talks about the lack of trophy, but Tottenham aren't a club historically that win lots of trophies. He has come in and he's turned them into a Champions League regular club, which is a massive achievement. They've come close to winning the Premier League title, which is something that has never happened before had never happened before in my lifetime watching football. So I think he's done a great job at Tottenham Hotspur, but perhaps now the time had come to move on. And it's, it's sad that it wasn't done in a in a more friendly way. Perhaps it would have been better if he'd gone up in the summer. I think he would have gone in the summer if they'd won the Champions League. But now he has gone, and he will be forever a legend, I think, at Tottenham. Well, John,
10: Julesy is back in business and expected to lead Spurs against West Ham. He's won three Premier League titles, we know
6: that. He arrives at the club that has hardly won with great quality. Is success guaranteed here? I think short-term success is guaranteed. I I, I give them a chance now of of getting in the top four. I think short-term, Jose Mourinho, after his 11-month rest, with a smile back on his face, a bit more humble, as he was saying in his press conference yesterday, I think he can turn things around. I think this squad suits him as well. I like the appointments he's made in his backroom staff. He's taken a very talented young coach from Lille to be his assistant, Jao Sacramento. So the early signs are positive, and I think he'll get something out of this squad early on. My worry is long-term, when the transfer windows come in, he doesn't get what he wants. When Daniel Levy perhaps stops him doing some of the things he wants to do, Will we see the return of the the sulky, grumpy Jose? But short term, I think he will turn things around at Tottenham in terms of their domestic results. Well, he made it clear at his press conference on Thursday that, that he doesn't want to change too much. He's not going to come up, come in and rip things up straight away. He's only had a few days to prepare for this game. And of course, players have been returning from international duty. So I don't think things will change too much in terms of the formation style of play. I think there are certain players who can expect to do well under José Mourinho. Harry Kane, I think is the perfect striker for a José Mourinho team. Deli Ali, I think perhaps has got that that um that attacking midfielder criteria that José Mourinho likes. I worry a little bit about people like Serge Aurier, the back who's prone to the odd error who's better going forward than he is defensively i worry about harry winks will he fit into the way josé Mourinho plays i don't think we'll see huge changes certainly in the first few weeks of josé Mourinho's management
10: so then what's next for mauricio porchettino who has carved the niche for himself somehow you know during his time at spurs no matter what
6: well you rarely do you get a sack manager who has so many options at the big clubs i i think by munich is an option If he can learn German uh, in the next six months, Um, I think Paris Saint-Germain is a huge option if Thomas Tuchel fails this season to get the club past the quarterfinals of the Champions League. If he goes, if he resigns or if he's sacked, I think Maurizio Pochettino is a big contender to go in at Paris Saint-Germain, his former club. And Manchester United is an interesting one as well. Pochettino now is available for free. Anyone who goes to get him doesn't have to pay compensation. So that is very, very tempting. And if, if results continue to be poor under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, then Mauricio Pochettino will be the perfect fit for Manchester United. So the world is really his oyster, Mauricio Pochettino. He's got a massive amount of money in the bank, and he knows that he'll easily be able to get a job next summer. Well, John, Jose Mourinho may have
10: watched the headlines But the weekend's big game is between Frank Lampard's flying youngsters and Pep's established order at the Etihad. Is the damaging effect of anything less than three points for
6: Pep? Really too much pressure to handle? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what frame of mind Pep is in going into this game because the pressure is certainly on with Liverpool's lead at the top. If Manchester City lose again, then it might might be game over because they'd really need Liverpool to slip up three times, lose three games. Can you see them doing that? I'm not sure I can, particularly they've, the fact they've already beaten Manchester City. So this is a huge game for Manchester City. I think the pressure is all on them. In terms of Chelsea, I think this is almost a free hit. They're in great form in the Premier League. They've done better than people expected. I think they can go to the Etihad Stadium without any pressure on them. They're in great form. They're youngsters like Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount have sorted in nicely. N'Golo Kante's back to full fitness. Things are looking so good for Chelsea. And I think they can go into this game with the weight off their shoulders no pressure and enjoy it and I'm not sure Manchester City will be able to enjoy it listen let's not write Manchester City off great players I'd actually expect them to win this game if the likes of Kevin De Bruyne Sergio Aguero turn up but the pressure is all on them the pressure is off Chelsea
10: well finally John let's talk the other games to keep tabs on as an early trip for Manchester United to Sheffield United Crystal Palace play Liverpool Arsenal face Southampton which stories are you chasing
6: I love watching Sheffield United this season. They've got a brilliant manager in Chris Wilder. I love his story, the fact he's come up through the leagues. You know, early in my time at the BBC, I covered fourth division, third division football in England. There are some talented managers down there who don't get their chance. And Chris Wilder is proving that if you give someone from the lower leagues a chance, they can deliver if they've got the right mentality, the right philosophy. So I think he's doing a wonderful job. They play excellent attacking football. I think they'll cause problems for Manchester United. They've been excellent away from home. Sheffield United in the Premier League. I think they're unbeaten in the Premier League away from home. So this is going to be a wonderful game. Uh, Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, I don't think we'll have enough to trouble Liverpool. We know that Palace defensively fairly strong. Wilfred Zaha on his day can cause problems for Liverpool, but I, I can't see this being a problem. Arsenal, Southampton is is interesting because they're under pressure Arsenal, not only to win the game but to come up with a positive performance and if Southampton lose heavily against Arsenal then Ralph Hasenhutl's job is really really in the balance Yes, it's, it's a big weekend, I can't wait for the Premier League to come back this weekend
10: BBC's John Bennett there with the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. Great stuff. Now let's find out the big games to look forward to. There are quite some interesting ones. Of course, don't forget the Chelsea Manchester City. After all, to <laughs> look forward to.
9: Dortmund suffered defeat at the hands of Bayern Munich in the fixture dubbed de Clasica before the international break. The break may have come at just the right time for Dortmund to regroup and put that loss behind them. They will have a good opportunity to bounce back this Friday evening against Paderborn. Champions Bayern Munich are set to face Fortuna Dusseldorf this Saturday as Hansi Flick hopes to continue his perfect start to life in charge of the German giant. League leaders Bochengladbach will hope to maintain their lead at the top when they face Inform Union Berlin while second place Leipzig hosts Cologne first will travel to last in Spain's top flight on Saturday afternoon as Leganes welcome Barcelona. The home side have only picked up six points from their 13 La Liga matches this season to sit bottom of the table, while champions Barca are currently at the summit with 25 points. Second placed Real Madrid will be looking to make it three wins in all competitions when they welcome Real Sociedad to the Bernabeu and Granada will host Atletico Madrid who hopes to keep pace with the La Liga leaders. Will Juventus keep their winning run rolling when they meet Atlanta this weekend? Their visitors are unbeaten all season and they've put together a four-game winning run ahead of this clash as they search for a win in Bergamo. High on their heels, Inter Milan on 31 points return to action with their title hopes still alive with just a point behind the leaders in their clash with Torino. And one of the biggest clashes of the Serie A weekend comes as these two sides, AC Milan and Napoli, try to recover from tough runs of form. PSG currently hold a healthy lead at the top of League A will be looking to extend it as they welcome Lille to pack the Prince this evening. And in the Premier League, it's third versus fourth this weekend. Chelsea travel to Manchester City. What a game we have to look forward to on Saturday in the late kickoff as both look to close the gap on Premier League leaders Liverpool, who travel to Crystal Palace. Elsewhere, all eyes will be on the lunchtime kickoff at the London Stadium, where Jose Mourinho begins his dagger duties with Spurs against West Ham. Arsenal, who Southampton, and him from Leicester, travel to Brighton.
10: That's Moses Yabois. Can we get talking now? Because Tottenham chairman, Daniel Levy, made no attempt to disguise the ruthless decision that prompted the departure of Mauricio Pochettino. This was that sacking, not a parting of ways dressed as mutual consent. Now It's been seen, or will be seen by many, as an extraordinary move coming just months after the Argentine took Spurs to the first Champions League final against Liverpool in Madrid. With hindsight, Tottenham's 2-0 defeat... Was the beginning of the end. Something was broken that night at the wonder and it has not been the same since. And now their ex manager could not fix it. They've got a new manager. Can he fix this?
4: I'm European champion, so I'm not one of of the bottle. I I think I'm a special one. In the supermarket you have eggs, class one, class two, class three. And some are more expensive than others and some give you better omelets. They didn't play football, they just defend, defend, defend. And uh, as we say you now in my country, uh, they brought the buzz and they left the buzz in front of the wall. The only thing I could bring more, uh, Black & Decker. Black & Decker to destroy the wall. I'm the happy one. A little horse that still needs milk and... Uh, and work and learn how to jump and, you know, two big horses and and a nice horse. He is a specialist in failure. Uh, I'm not. The worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer, uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose because he lost every game. Three premierships and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect, respect, respect man, respect, respect. Recognize
10: I'm bad. Can you recognize I'm back? Yes, Joseph Mourinho is back in the Premier League, and it's time to get into our debate here on the show. Okay, so great to have Eddie Aikins back on the show. Eddie, how you doing? Fine, thank you, George. Ah, uh, yes, really good to see you and to have you back. And of course, the have this spare back is such a blessing. Raymond Yamadou has been on the Formula One side of things. It's a free weekend as we look forward to the final race of the season Abu Dhabi next week, but now this week Raymond Yamadou in the studio. How you doing, Raymond? I'm doing great, George. Uh, It's good to have you, of course, in the background. We've got the Rick hanging in the wings. Guys, a simple question for us this afternoon then. Will Chelsea Mourinho succeed at Spurs? Or should we expect a fallout soon? If you're joining us on the phone lines, you can get ready on that as well. You can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0244-340-437. Let's start with Eddie Akins. Eddie Aikins says, Chelsea will succeed. He is just the man this first job, Eddie Akins. Yeah. So tell us why you think so. Look, Jose Mourinho
3: equals instant impact and a strong start, and that's what Tottenham Hotspurs need now. Now, when Jose's first season with Porto, he won eleven out of his first sixteen games. In his first season with Chelsea, he lost only one match on route to winning the league. In his first season in Italy. He lost just four times en route to winning the league. This proves that Jose Mourinho is going to have that instant impact that Tottenham fans and the manager, Levy, so crave. Let's move away from that. Levy has been a long-time admirer of Jose Mourinho. In 2007, he sounded Mourinho out to... Sign him, But Mourinho had a clause in that Chelsea contract that barred him from coaching in England for two years. And so that did not happen. That shows you Levy has always wanted Mourinho at Tottenham. But it's interesting how Levy has managed Tottenham. He's grown the team in phases. Tottenham were in a building phase mm. where he felt that he needed to get a side to be competitive. I missed building the new stadium. Uh, The focus was was, was always going to be on trying to get the side very competitive. Now, he was going to operate on a very low budget because of the demands of building a, a new stadium. And so he looked out for a manager that suited that and sounded out Mauricio Pochettino because of the kind of budget he was working with at Southampton and brought him in to do a job. So let's not mince words. Pochettino fitted or he fit himself into what Levy wanted at that time. He wanted someone who could work with a shoestring budget, someone who could work with a small budget because plans were advanced for building mm. a stadium. Mm. Post building the stadium, Levy and i think i do support levy in that he thinks the club is not mature for an actual takeoff to start winning things and so he needs to get a coach who fits in that profile and 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 who who, who doubts that ability of jose Mourinho? if if levy has once been interested in jose Mourinho, why not go in for a serial winner to make sure that the takeoff is complete i think this has been planned and this has been coming it's not an eject thing daniel levy knows what he's doing jose mourinho would have an instant impact at Tottenham.
10: let me come to raymond nyamado there at some point we hear a real couple on that as anyway and what he thinks but raymond you've heard eddie Kings indicating that daniel levy really wants his man he's got his man probably ready to give him every money or any kind of money he wants to make the job
2: Well, George, I think that this recruitment from Tottenham themselves, I want to believe, is a desperate attempt to put the club where it's not reached. And I say this because you look at Tottenham Hotspur, and Tottenham Hotspur, because they qualified to the Champions League final last year, believe that they are in the same league as a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, a, a Bayern Munich, a Manchester City, or even a Liverpool. That's where Tottenham see themselves. But you look at the kind of players they have and you look at the kind of work Pochettino was able to do with the materials that he had I think that he just managed to keep them afloat and he just managed to get the players and the team to punch above their weight that was the true level or that is the true level of Tottenham Hotspur. now you bring in a certain Jose Mourinho and this partnership or this marriage between Jose Mourinho and Tottenham or this marriage between Jose Mourinho and Daniel Levy mm-hmm. is one many have described as a marriage made in hell mm-hmm. because George you look at two managers you look at, you look at both, both, both of them Daniel Levy is not one who spends a lot. And this is someone who believes in nurturing talent. He believes in turning the next talent into the next superstar. And we've seen him do that with the likes of Gary Bills and the likes. And so this is a manager who is not ready to spend on big-name players or marquee signings. He's not ready to go into that transfer market and break the bank to bring in top-notch players. And his spending, spending in the last 19 seasons in the English Premier League tells you a lot. He spent £867 million in 19 seasons. Hmm. Jose Mourinho... Hold on. How 800, I many? 8, £876 million pounds uh-huh. in 19 seasons uh-huh. in the EPL. I see. Now, Jose Mourinho in 10 seasons in the English Premier League 10 seasons has spent £925 million. Clearly a checkbook manager. Now, after building that stadium, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, there are debts that he has to sort, sort out. And so, you don't expect him to go into that transfer market and then break the bank to bring in players who he believes would, would shoot Jose Mourinho's profile. Again, you look at Jose Mourinho coming into this Tottenham team, and does this saying that you're as good as your last job. What was Jose Mourinho's performance on his last job? Totally abysmal. He had problems with defence. He brought in players that he felt suited his profile. He could not get the players to actually perform for him. He had to be jettisoned from Manchester United, and that should tell you the kind of Jose Mourinho we are going to see at Tottenham Hotspur. Again, you look at Jose Mourinho and his style of play. Crucially, the style of play. It's one that a lot of people should be talking about Because you look at the five years Pochettino has been in charge We've seen Tottenham play a certain brand of football High-pressing game, you know Making sure they, they put the pressure on right from the top He's actually played to the strength of most of the players He's had The pace, the trickery, everything has been in there He's played a certain brand of football That has suited the players that he has Now you bring in a certain Jose Mourinho Who we all know It's a one-dimensional coach. He likes to play the pragmatic football. And, you know, don't be deceived by what he says about, you know, he's a new man, he's going to change his philosophy. When Jose Mourinho arrived at Chelsea, his second coming, when he won the the, 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 the league title, with Fabregas and the likes coming in, Jose Mourinho told us, look, he was a change man. He was going to play expansive football. He started us for the first few games. Before he won the, se- Before he won the league that season, he had switched to his pragmatic football. So, you know, you don't expect so no Jose change. Mourinho really to, from to him actually then. bring any mm. change in philosophy okay. at Tottenham Hotspur. Me- and the Tottenham Hotspur fans will grow tired of the pragmatic football as the season wears on. And so, there's a manager who definitely is going to struggle. And again, George, Mauricio Pochettino was in a position where he could not decide which player would be sold. Mm. He could not decide which players should come in. A lot of those decisions were left in the hands of Daniel Levy. Jose Mourinho had problems at Chelsea because Marina Granovskaya certainly wasn't going to give him the chance in the transfer market. Ed Woodward didn't give him the chance in the transfer market to bring in the players he felt he wanted. And so he's going to face the same problem at Tottenham Hotspur. Now that he's going to, to be the head coach. Yeah. Now that he's going to be the head coach of mm. Tottenham Hotspur, he's going to face the same old problem. <laughs> it, won't, it, it won't take a long time mm. for Jose Mourinho to start complaining. Okay. And when he starts complaining, George, we know the issues. Let me come to Eddie
10: because You noted a few things uh, whilst he went on and on.
3: It, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, talking about Mourinho's last job, I think Levy thinks otherwise. Levy thinks that United job is just an exception.
10: It's a one too many. He would give you were yeah. giving Chelsea job, you feel, and uh, now no, job, you
3: feel. No, no, no. That? Levy, Le- Levy, obviously thinks otherwise. Mm. That, that, that United job, especially, is an exception, and 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 he's right. But look, the 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 the, the point must be made, and we need to understand that. Daniel Levy is one of the most shrewd club managers in world football and almost always knows what he's about. He's grown this club, and I dare say it again, mm-hmm. in faces. Okay, and he recognizes that, and, and and all of us, I think the whole world of football <laughs> have, have, have said that Pochettino should have won something with this Tottenham Hotspur team. Yeah. And, and, and 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 that was not coming. That definitely was not coming. So it tells you that there was a plan, a deliberate one, to bring in mm. a coach that would guarantee you, that.
10: You. Okay.
3: Okay. Okay. L- and and and, uh. and and last point. Yeah last point. Last point. Look Mourinho knows too well that He's got to change some things. Everyone does. And it shows in his backroom staff going in for the likes of Sacramento from Leo, mm. the youngster, to come and add his. So you see
10: change. I see, so you a see lot change. Of change. Let me come to Raymond. I want to activate my phone lines now, though. Raymond, you well, well, George. I do three calls, but Raymond,
2: Let me continue from where Eddie stopped. He's talked about the backroom stuff. Pep and Jose Mourinho is coming to experiment with this new backroom staff, and this is the English Premier League. Very uncompromising. Jose Mourinho now has to get in a team that Jose, will now study the English Premier League. Again, George. Again, on. George. It's not an experimental coach. Again, George. Coach. Eddie, hold on. Jose Mourinho is now coming to open up this Tottenham team to all the media attention. And these are players who are not used to that kind of attention. Jose Mourinho's first training session was, 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 was actually watched by over two million people all over the world. Yes. And this clearly tells you that the spotlight is going to be on Tottenham. How are these players going to be able to deal with it? And Jose Mourinho himself, how is he going to conduct himself in the media? Because this is a man who who, we all know loves the media attention, He loves the media show. So, a lot of pressure is going to be on this Tottenham team. And some of these things are actually going to get to these players. And most of these players will start capitulating sooner rather than later. So, for me, I think that, look, with all these cocktail of issues, I don't see Jose Mourinho succeeding at this club. Let's see if we can pick some two or three calls. 0302-216-541.
10: Do you think Jose Mourinho can get this job done at Tottenham Hotspur? I've got some uh, two minutes and I can see if I can go through some two calls, if that's possible. 7302 216 541. Whilst we wait for that, Oreku and Buffalo, we're going to have a bath of the cherry. Oreku and with, with his new backroom staff. <laughs> what <is> his <laughs> with, his, with, his, with
2: his new backroom staff. Okay. Going, He's going okay. to do the famous Matra Makwe. Okay. Look. 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 <laughs> let, let me get to Oreku. Uh, Oreku, what, what, what do you think? I think it's a tricky one Because I, I, I'm for the opinion That I think that Moreno hasn't changed And uh, It would be difficult To succeed Especially as Tottenham on Spare But There's still something in me That suggests that For you to be able to Convince Daniel Levy Look he's no He's no stranger To the social media He's no stranger To the world of football He knows The bad that Moreno has done He knows The bad blood between You know The Manchester United And the Chelsea end. So he certainly knows The risk in the involved In you know Appointing this man But there was a, a so-called long presentation by Moreno, and he must have said some things that must have also convinced Daniel Levy. So, it does suggest that he's coming in with a plan. Now, the big question is whether that plan would work. Okay, All
10: right. <laughs> yeah, just hold on. Let me, let me do, a, uh, just see if you do some quick calls. Hello, Asari. Good afternoon. Thank you. How are you doing? Good yes, afternoon. How are you I'm fine. Asari, where are you calling us from? I'm calling business um, ministry. Okay, good. Is uh, Jose Moreno the right man for the job or not?
2: Well, we know Banda has everything he needs. He has a stadium, his club is out there with the Champions League final. He's been in the top four for, I think, two or three years. So, right now, what does he need? He needs the trophies. Okay. And he, he needs the attention. And Jose Mourinho comes with the attention, he comes with the trophies. So, right now it's just a marketing strategy to put Tottenham out there, mm. to put them with the gates. And Jose Mourinho will get in there. I mean, when Jose Mourinho came to Chelsea, what was, who was Chelsea? Hmm. But from his media interaction, the controversy, everything, they say no publicity is by publicity. He put them out there. But the only slippery slope is when he makes the players com- uh, competitive and become militant okay. and then they start thinking that it's uh, like players. Okay.
8: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?
10: Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, I can do one more call. Before I do that, I've got, I've got some messages. Harry, mom. Yeah, Harry, mom is listening in to the show right now. He says that Josie's the right man for the job, best coach in the world, the special one, the only one. Uh, I, I can see another message. let see if I can get to that. You know, um, and that says that. Uh, good afternoon, George. I think Josie can make the difference at Tottenham Hotspur. Okay, maybe, maybe I just have to uh, end my phone calls right. And I had you guys really had to come through. Oh, that's a long one. It's from Smith Kwame from Chimota. Uh, that's about it for my show. I'm just going out, but guys, quick one. Um, so you you expect Josie Mario in the first? Season to end where? Top four. Top four. Obeku?
2: Well, he's about 11 points from the top four. Best finish will probably be an FA Cup winner in a top six finish. Well, George, top ten for Jose Mourinho and Tottenham. Top ten. <laughs> <Top> ten. <laughs> you sure about that, really? <laughs> top ten. Come on, yes, I reckon.
10: <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Rayman Yamada. Thank you, Obeku and Puffo. Thank you, Eddie Aikins. Thank you to the entire crew for making this work. We're back later this evening with first take are up at 7pm and we're going to be talking a whole lot. My name is George Adi Jr. It's been great coming away with a great edition of The Locker Room. We're back next week with more.
6: for listening to the locker room on joy 99.7 fm the podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes this production was powered by joy sports and supported by the bbc world service